Hey guys, hope all is well. Today we will be doing podcast number six with Ben Horowitz. So let's get started. So Ben, why don't you give us some background about you? Lee, thank you uh, for having me on the podcast. You know, me, I, I guess uh, I'm start. I'm from West Hartford, Connecticut. Um, born and raised there. Went to Syracuse as an undergrad for college, was a four-year student manager with the team. Uh, after I finished working with the team, you know, having a passion to coach, I decided to to go work at a Division II school in Connecticut called Post University for a year, which is a great learning experience to get that hands-on um, coaching at that level. And then after finishing a year there, um, I got, and I had an opportunity to come back to Syracuse and work as a graduate assistant. So I did, you know, I did that from 2018 till 2020. And then this past year, um, I was lucky enough to have an opportunity to come and work at Hobart College, which is a division three school in upstate New York and Geneva, New York. Um, so right now that's where I'm at. Um, but yeah, not too much, you know, as far as background for me, man, you know, just uh, enjoying what I've been doing with the coaching stuff and, and getting to learn places I've been yeah like we'll definitely talk about Syracuse a lot on this podcast so let's just start off with you becoming a manager in the first place like what made you like want to become a manager and like how how did you go through that process yeah it's an interesting story I feel like people who end up being student managers in college typically, you know, have some insight on what the role is, or they have somebody that has done it before. And, you know, they suggest that they, you know, pursue that as well. For me, I was just, as a kid growing up, I was always a part of sports teams and um, athletic programs. So to go to college and not be playing a sport was kind of like shocking to me at the time. I was like, I need to find something where I can be a part of a team and, you know, try to, even if I'm not, you know, obviously participating, just help out and, be part of that culture. Um, you know, everyone's involved. So this summer into my freshman year, I emailed all the assistant coaches and um, our director of basketball operations at the time, Kip Wellman, just to you know see if there's anything I could do to help out. I wasn't really even aware um, of what a student manager was, um, but I was lucky enough that um, I had a mentor back home that was like, "Hey, man, if you want to work, you know, for a team, biggest thing is just reach out and see if you can." help out in any way possible. So taking his advice, um, I did that. And I received an email back from Pete Corsaniti, who was the head manager at the time. Um, he said, hey, you know, if you're interested, we have student manager positions, um, there's an interview process. So if you want to pursue that, um, you know, absolutely, you know, we can bring you in for an interview. So I ended up, you know, interviewing. And I think there was a handful of people that interviewed. And I, you know, I was lucky enough to get chosen um, as one of the people that you know, it was from that freshman class that was going to get to join the program as a student manager. Um, and that was kind of how I got introduced to it, man. It was uh, kind of just like a, on a whim, reaching out. I didn't know. Um, so I thought it'd be a great gateway and uh, way to develop that those kind of skills and, and to learn from the best in the business. So from my perspective, it was a no-brainer, but all the other stuff that comes with it, just the relationships you get to build and all the great experiences you have was something that I never, you know, at the time could have foresaw. 
Yeah, so, like, let's get into those, like, manager years, like, before head managers. Like, what were those first few years like for you as a manager? And, like, how did you work your way up into becoming a head manager? I, I appreciate you asking. I think the, you know, early on in the years, your main responsibilities are just to rebound, wipe some sweat up, fill the cups up. Um, and just have kind of, you know, good energy and a positive attitude when you, when you go to practices and help out with the team, you know, as I the older managers, it's like, Hey, if you want to have more responsibility and want to, um, have the coaches, you know, really lean on you and, and have some trust in you, you have to do those small kind of tasks really well. Um, and if you do those really well, those are slowly developed into strong relationships with everyone there. And then you start getting some other tasks outside of those, you know, initial ones um, that would kind of allow you to, to show what you can do, some of your strengths and things of that nature. Um, so growing up, you know, you know, through my freshman year, it was really just kind of small tasks, but being at practice every day and, you know, being wowed every time I walked in the gym, just because the level of talent basketball wise and coaching wise was just at a, you know, a place where I'd never experienced before. So I felt like a sponge um, every year I was there, but especially my freshman year, just like, Every day walking in, I was learning something new. Um, and I really enjoyed the people in my class, the other uh, freshman managers at the time, um, some of my best friends to this day. Um, but even the older managers took me under their wing, and it was just a great culture of like, um, so, you know, freshman year was kind of that. Sophomore year, your, your responsibilities got to grow a little bit more. Um, you work camp typically with summer, so you build those relationships even stronger. Um, and it kind of same thing sophomore year, a little bit more trust and faith as far as the from the head managers and what they want to give you. Um, you know, you typically you stay over the winter break and you find someone's house to crash at. And, you know, it's obviously not the most comfortable living, but it, it really builds those strong ties and relationships. And one of the things about being over um, being with the program over winter break is there's no one else on campus typically. So really all you're doing is you don't class. So you go to practice. You, know, you get to hang out with the team and, and see how they're preparing for all the games. And then you're just hanging out with the other, other managers that are there helping out. Um, so during that time period where you really have nothing else going on besides basketball, it's just awesome. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, a lot of downtime outside of the, the practice times. And you just, again, continue to build those relationships. And then you more responsibility um, over the summer, helped out with workouts over the summer, same kind of, sense in the winter um, except the weather's better and not freezing like it is in the winter but you know again just working out with the guys that's where you really get to build those relationships with the coaches too because you're up in the morning at you know 5 30 6 30 in the morning getting ready for workouts they go from six or seven in the morning until one or two p.m in the afternoon um you know and during that time period again no class so it's really just basketball 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 and you really get to see the growth of the guys that are on the team and also just you got a great uh, introduction to the incoming freshmen as well, just to getting to work with them and seeing how they experience, you know, playing at the college level in their first summer on campus. So again, junior year was awesome. Just getting to experience that with the players and the coaches and also the managers at the time. And then senior year came and I, you know, I had a, I was, you know, lucky enough to be a head manager and travel to, to all the games um, for the most part, which was awesome. Um, got to see some really cool um, places that I'd never been to before. So just the traveling experience was top notch. Um, I thought we got to go to the best ACC tournament venue, which is in Brooklyn. Um, that place is unbelievable. 
so just from those experiences and the travel, it's, it's on another level, um, seeing how the team just operates as far as, you know, traveling and, and things of that nature. So it was awesome. Uh, a lot of fun my senior year. And again, those relationships are just so much stronger at that point in time because you've been with everybody for so long. Um, and again, you know, those managers I grew up with for those four years as a, as a, from a freshman to a senior year, are still some of my best friends today. And I, you know, I can call them whenever I want and hopefully they're picking up, but you know, we, talk all the time about some of the stories we shared and and some of the games that we got to be a part of, um, you know, and, and got to see. So that was, you know, incredible just getting to reflect back on them even now on that. So, you know, my four years as a student manager, I wouldn't say defined my experience at Syracuse, but it was a very, very large part of, you know, my time as a student there. And, you know, I, I think that it definitely was probably my favorite part about being there, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible. And the whole atmosphere and experience of just being a, a part of something like Syracuse basketball that has been, has just stood the test of time as far as success. Um, it's kind of the epitome of just like consistency over time. Um, and, you know, just to kind of be a part of that legacy a little bit and, you know, add to it maybe a tiny bit is just something that, you know, I'm really proud of. Yeah, like one thing you touched on was like relationship building. And then the second thing you touched up on is like Syracuse, Bas Syracuse basketball being a big part of, your, part of your life. Like when you, were, when you were a student at Syracuse, like that's basically the same way it is for me. Like Syracuse basketball is a big part of my life here at Syracuse, but also like when I'm back home, like, and I'm going to touch on relationship building, like this COVID-19 pandemic, which we'll be talking about later in the podcast, like relationship building has been huge for me because I've been part of groups like grow the game and rising coaches. Like those groups have taught me how to build relationships and then like taking time to connect with other coaches on LinkedIn and having conversations with them. Like, like I'm happy for like the relationships I've been able to build so far. Like I'm looking forward to creating more relationships relationships especially with the next summer coming where like things are going to start transitioning back to normal and camps will start happening again hopefully so like it's just important to keep those relationships going and to just keep making more like especially through platforms like LinkedIn and just like other groups you're part of like for me it's rising coaches and grow the game like I want to give a shout out to them because they've really helped me throughout the past summer and being able to go on Zooms Wednesday nights and being able to learn from people like Jay Billis and like Lionel Hamilton from Florida State, Conzo Martin from Missouri, like just being able to learn from those people have been great. And I take a lot from that. So let's backtrack actually to when you were head manager at Syracuse, like talk to us about like, what was that like being a head manager and like, what were some of those responsibilities? Just if you can talk about being a head manager in Syracuse at Syracuse would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, of course, man. And as you know, you know, just kind of touching on those relationships, it's such a big part of every experience you have um, and try to make those relationships genuine. Um, I think a lot of people, especially like, you know, I know we'll talk about this probably a little bit later in the podcast, but um, when you reach out and, you know, you're, you're trying to introduce yourself, it's just trying to be a, a sponge. 
relationships more of a um, one-sided type of relationship or it's more of a um you know they're in it to try to just get something out of it and not really get to know the person so you know, a great thing about getting to learn from people that you mentioned like jay billis and leonard hamilton is they have so much so many years of experience um so just going to sit down those conversations is so valuable for young people like yourself and, um, and me um, but as far as you know being a head manager um you know in i would say you know the the kind of starts as soon as the season ends um in march hopefully april um you know for us my junior year actually was in april which was awesome um but you know from that april until the following you know march or april um you're kind of like you know the one in charge as far as uh delegating responsibilities or making decisions from the manager perspective um and that role so when you know that that time period hits you're the ones that are communicating with the coaches what i need for workouts in the, in the you know for the rest of the semester in the spring um, who's going to be there over the summer to help with camp and the workouts with the incoming freshmen. During, um, preparing uh, players as well. Um, and then, you know, over that summer, at least for me, um, and a couple other guys in my class, we stayed over the summer and helped out with workouts, um, helped with, you know, whether it's driving guys certain places to try to make sure they can make the workouts in time or, or just helping out with um, some tasks over the summer. Um, but like I said before, a lot of it's just basketball, you know, getting up early, working out with these, helping with the workouts with these guys. Um, and I think during that time period, too, especially because you are going to be a senior in college, the coaches do have a lot of trust and faith in you. So the, the thing with the summer, too, as a college coach, your summers are not as busy during the early part of the week, but towards the end of the week with recruiting events and, and things that, you know, that go into that. Um, they can sometimes be absent just because they're traveling and, and going to watch some um, some of those AAU games and things like that. So. When that happens, the really cool part was I was lucky enough to have some of the coaches kind of turn the the keys per se over to me to just run some of the workouts. It wasn't like I was doing that. You know, it was my own idea. I was really just echoing and running the same type of drills that those uh, players at the time were used to. Um, but just to like know that they had the faith to, in me to get that done um, was really, 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 really cool. Um, and it's someone who was aspiring to be a coach at the time. It was like, you know, it doesn't get any better than this. I get to work with some of the best athletes um, in our, you know, in the game as far as college goes and not just like skill wise, but some of the best people too you get to work with. Um, so I was really fortunate that, you know, we had our players are so receptive to, you know, student manager kind of sometimes running the workout, but at the same time, you know, that's kind of the expectation they had on themselves is like, if, no matter what, no matter who's in the gym, um, they're going to work their tail off. And to be a part of that over the summer was really cool. And then the fall kind of hits. So, you know, you, start getting ready for some of this, like the pickup games and delegating as far as, um, well, first you got to hire some of the new managers that are incoming. That's typically late August. Once you get all those new hires um, decided on, you kind of try to slowly get them, um, you know, up to speed with everything and and um, on the same page as far as what needs to happen when they're in the building and practices and, you know, as we work towards games and, and things like that. Um, and then, you know, what's practices, hey, it's kind of just like, you know, you, you do the same thing almost every day or five or six days a week where you come to practice, set everything up, um, make sure everything's accounted for as far as stats, uh, the water, towels, all the managers that need to be there that day. Um, if there's anything like travel-wise or we have a game coming up that the managers need to help with, you know, you're helping with those things as well, maybe in the office more. Um, and that's the one thing as you get older as a student manager, um, at Syracuse, you know, you slowly start to transition from that court setting, which you're still a large part of, but towards the office where you 
can go in during the day and and have and ask the coaches if they need any help with anything that is outside of just like rebounding. Become a little bit more versed in, in doing a little, you know, doing a lot more things, uh, which is really cool because you get to see the operation side of, of the way that the program works and. A lot of things, a lot, a lot of people don't know that college basketball, though it is obviously a lot of part of it is on the floor. Um, you know, maybe even a larger part of it is on the phones or in the office or doing things like that. Um, whereas you're not necessarily coaching basketball, you know, you're having conversations about other things that are just as important. Um, so getting an opportunity to kind of just have that perspective is really, really great for me. Um, so yeah, and then like I said before, the senior manager is staying over the breaks for winter, uh, traveling with the team, which is really cool. And then just going to, you know, you know, pretty much every event that the team's at, you're at as well. Um, whether you have to drive the van to get them to certain places, if it's like a local thing, um, you know, or anything like that. So, you know, I, it, it was um, a slow kind of in, incremental um, increase with the responsibilities. But by the time you're senior manager, almost like a if not one, maybe like a two, two classes that, you know, is added on your schedule. Um, that was one of the best parts about being a manager is just the, the time management that you have to learn um, because you're usually at the gym by like three o'clock and you sometimes don't leave till seven, seven thirty. 30. Um, so you're typically going right from class, right to the gym, and then you have to get your homework done. So for me, I actually thought it helped my grades and, and getting classwork done just because I knew I only had, had to delegate certain times throughout the day and through the week to get my coursework done. Um, but yeah, once, you know, it's just, it's a, a lot of work and you can have some exhausting days, but you love it. Um, you love it. And I never took it for granted or anything like that. I knew once the season ended, I would be kind of a hard pill to swallow just because it's been such a large part of my life at that point. Um, so I, you know, in the moment, was just trying to be super thankful and grateful for the chance to go in the gym every day and just, you know, help out. Yeah. Like, now let's transition into you becoming a, a grad assistant at Syracuse. So, like, what was that process like wanting to be a grad assistant? And were there other schools that you were considering other than Syracuse when you were trying to become a grad assistant? Yeah, it was a, it's an interesting story. Um, you know, I, I didn't think I'd, you know, I, I always looked at that position as something that would be really cool to get. Um, and, and the chance to have, um, I never thought, you know, you know, you have some confidence that like, Oh, you know, it could happen, but I was never sitting there like, you know, this is the end all be all. Like if I don't get a graduate position at Syracuse, I'll be devastated. It wasn't like that. I didn't think that I had a great chance at doing it, but I always had in the back of my mind and I'd mention it to the coaches and, you know, if they, you know if there's an opening and if you would consider me, I'd really appreciate it. But I know it's a, a pretty sought after position. Um, as far as having a, you know, a great chance of getting it um, or being you know, asked to, to have that position. Um, but over the summer when I was working at Post, I uh, had a chance and kind of ran into Coach Beheim and uh, Coach Autry at a, a recruiting event down in PA. Um, and, you know, I went over, just said hi, and you know, they asked how everything was going and just talked for a few minutes. And then as they was towards the end of the event, so when that event ended, I was heading over to another one in PA that's like an hour away um, that's owned by the same company. Um, but Coach Autry was walking out of the gym at the time, and he was heading over to that event with another assistant coach. I was going to meet him there. 
Um, but he asked me at the time, he's like, hey, you know, would you be interested in coming back as a graduate assistant? And at the time, I like heart dropped. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you guys have an opening kind of thing? He's like, hey, we might. Um, we're not really sure right now, but if you're interested, you know, you know I absolutely, you know, absolutely fit for it. So I was like, yeah, please let me know if you guys have an opening. Um, and that was towards like the early middle part of July. Um, and again, you know, I knew that it's still really competitive. So I thought it was just at the time for Coach Autry to even say think something like that, like, hey, you know, we think you, you know, I think you could be a good fit was, you know, a huge just compliment and, and really humbling for me to hear. Um, but then a few weeks passed, you know, I kind of tried, I tried to, you know, we stayed in touch a little bit. Um, but then towards like late July, early August, I get a text from um, the previous graduate assistant, Katie Kalinsky. She said, hey, you know, I, I talked to coach, you know, about you being a graduate assistant next year, you know, give him a call tomorrow. You know, I think he's really interested in, in offering you the spot. Um, and I was at a camp working uh, a camp at Trinity College at the time in Connecticut. And I was just like, what is going on? Because um, at the time, um, I did have another option, out, another position I was going for. A chance to go back to Syracuse or something I definitely was going to strongly consider. Um, so the following day, I called Coach, uh, hopped on the phone with him. You know, he explained what the position was. And he's like, hey, if you want it, um, it's yours. And, you know, he was kind of informed that I was going, that I had the opportunity to do uh, to have a different job or go to, or accept a different position. And he's like, Hey, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. Um, but just let me know within a few days. Cause it's within two or three days. Cause if not, you know, we'll try to find somebody else. Um, but just the chance to, you know, have a conversation with him about it was like, okay, so this is real. Like, like he offered it to me and coaches someone that like, if he says something like that's his word. So the fact that he offered it to me was like, like, I really do have this option if I want it. Um, and I struggled, you know, for like, 24 to 36 hours about like what I was going to do. Um, Cause the other position I was going for, I had kind of interviewed and went throughout the process for a couple months. Um, and something I was like, if I get an offer at this school, I'm definitely going to take it. Um, but when, you know, coach got on the phone with me and thought about how much it would mean to me to go back to my alma mater and, and be a part of that. Um, and knowing Katie at the time and, you know, Pete Corson, you, I mentioned earlier was a graduate assistant at Nick Resby and seeing how much, you know, how seen an impact that they had and and how you know part of the you know how their presence and how their responsibilities were just elevated and and the the impact that they had in the program for me to have a chance to do that was just really appealing um and also my family was really really supportive of everything you know, all the time i had as a student manager at syracuse so i did struggle at the time i probably got an hour or two of sleep the night before i decided what i was going to do um just staying up at night because i didn't want to disappoint anybody um, whether it was coach or the other coach, or coach Bayheim or the coach at the other school. But, you know, I decided after thinking it through, you know, it would be the best decision for me was to go back to Syracuse and just have a chance to, to go back to my alma mater and, and help out um, as, a, as a graduate since So that was kind of how it happened. Um, I'm still to this day, like, you know, always taken back a little bit by how the whole thing kind of processed and came about. But, it was a it was an incredible time, stressful time of my life that I'm super thankful for. Um, and yeah, you know, it was just it was it was awesome. Yeah, like if you don't mind sharing with me, like, and to the viewers, like, what were the other schools who that you were interested in other than Syracuse? 
don't know if we missed out on that, like, but if he can repeat that, it would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say, you know, the school that I had an offer from, um, but I was looking at other options too. Like I reached out to a lot of uh, places in the Northeast. Um, some of the, actually I went through a majority of the division one schools because I was set on trying to get a graduate position. Um, the operations spot just kind of happened through connections at, at, um, and through my head coach at the time. Um, so that was something that like I pursued. Um, but it was more just, um, you know, it was more because of the relationships I had at post as opposed to me trying to just, you know, reach out and see what other options were available as far as the graduate assistant positions um, are concerned. But, you know, I reached out to a ton of schools in the Northeast, um, a lot of ACC schools, Big East schools, um, typically ones that, you know, I knew had graduate assistants. Um, you know, some of those smaller schools don't necessarily have that position. Um, so you have to do your research and like you said, go on LinkedIn and maybe go on some media guides and see who's a part of the program. And in that, you know, in that pamphlet, um, just to see if it's even a, a spot that they have there. Um, but yeah, it was a, you know, I, I was really set on trying to get that position just because I knew it would probably be a great opportunity for me just to develop as a coach and um, have a chance to learn from, um, learn from a different coach. Meeting things like that, but yeah, it was a uh, there's a time in my life where I was you know very trying to you know very passionate about trying to find a, an opportunity where I could you know keep moving up. Yeah, so let's move on to the next part of the podcast, which is getting on to the coaching staff at Hobart. So, like, what was it like being hired by Hobart? And yeah. Yeah, that's a, another um, kind of crazy thing. Um, you know, I had worked at, as a new manager at Syracuse. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a coaching position by any means, but I had the chance to just see what Division One was like. Post was a, another scholarship level at Division Two, where now I have those coaching responsibilities and some of those rec recruiting responsibilities and just like the day-to-day -day stuff where with the small staff, you're doing a lot of work. Um, so that really prepared me um, just as far as like thinking of coaching as a job, not necessarily like it's a passion and something I love to do. You know, and approach a job. So that was great. Um, and then after I finished at Syracuse, you know, obviously right after the pandemic or during the pandemic. Um, so I was nervous at the time, I'm not gonna lie. You know, there wasn't a lot of movement at the division one, division two or division three levels as far as coaching. Um, you know, obviously MBA was on pause and that was something I was considering too if there was a chance to, to get an internship or something like that um but i you know, i thought there would be a slim chance just with everything being paused and then probably not adding too many members to their staff at the time um but i was lucky enough that um an opening did happen at hobart i had a previous relationship a little bit with the head coach um and he's and you know at the time like great guy like one of the best people i've ever met um even through our small interactions it's just you know i could tell that his values and who we were since you know a plus type of you know just aligned with everything that i, I wanted to be around um and one of my you know my I, you know, I had a couple goals as far as what i wanted to do next um in the coaching realm but one of my things if i could control it would be to to work with someone that has, is like-minded in values or is just a great person 
Um, and Stefan Thompson, who's the head coach at Hobart, was was one of those people I'm, you know, in the back of my mind. Um, I don't know. I, I know a handful of people at the Division three level, but not a ton. Um, so when an opening happened and he reached out saying, you know, if you're interested in interviewing, you know, I, you know I'd love to to see, you know, to have you on it and interview and see, you know, you'd be a good fit. Um, and that was probably in April or so or May. I, I'm not quite sure um, where he reached out. Um, you know, I can't remember right now, but as soon as he told me that, um, it kind of shifted my focus to being like, you know, this is, you know, I, I want this job. Like I, if, you know, if the job does open, um, I hope I in. I get a chance to interview. Like I want to be as prepared as I possibly can, um, and try to do the best I can. And, you know, obviously division three is different than the division one, division two, it's not scholarship. You're working with different type of people and different type of athletes. Um, but the good thing too, is that, you know, my twin brother, Dan, uh, played division three at, at Newberry college up in Massachusetts, um, in Brookline, Mass. So I, you know, I had a lot of insight and I knew what the division three life was like. Um, so it wasn't anything new to me and, and working at post, you know, I knew what it was going to be like to work with a, a smaller staff where you're hands-on with a lot of the work. Um, so nothing about it as far as what I was going to be doing was like something I wasn't aware of. Um, it was just trying to you know, make sure I was prepared as possible to, to connect with him and to connect with the, the players at the time that, Hey, you know, this is something I really want. And I'd appreciate, you know, I'd love if you guys wanted me to be. And at the time, you know, they're coming off a sweet 16 run where they didn't get a chance to, to finish their season because of the pandemic. Um, but, you know, Steph is such a, you know, smart, high IQ basketball guy, um, really compassionate, all about the culture and, and the really important things that are longstanding outside of the season um, and outside of just, you know, on the court and, you know, between the lines type of thing. So I think that, you know, just seeing him and, and the program and how got and how much the guys respected and appreciated him as the head coach was just so attractive for me to try to be a part of. Um, so I interviewed for that. Um, it was, again, a really stressful time in my life. And for anyone who's interviewing, I think, especially when you're younger and you're really hungry to, to get you know, get or get on board or something or be a part of something. Um, you have a lot of stressful nights where you're just doing homework, watching film. Um, so coach Steph gave me a, a couple of homework assignments before my interview that, you know, I tried to get done as quickly as, you know, as well as I could at the time. Um, and yeah, I went through it and I was lucky enough to, to, you know, for him to extend an offer to me. And it was a, a really, again, stressful time in my life, but really exciting. Um, at the time, you know, I'm a little bit pessimistic and about myself. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to have a great shot at this, but I definitely did as well as I, I think I could have at the time. Um, you know, the only thing that I wish I had at the time was more sleep because I felt like I was deprived of just like rest and I was exhausted, um, exhausted going in an interview just because I wasn't sleeping a lot. And I was trying to make sure I was on point with every all these assignments that he had given me. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. I want to say almost, yeah, like eight months now that I've been a part of the program, which has been really cool. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how that happened. It was, a, uh, you know, I'm fortunate because there, again, there wasn't a lot of movement over the off season. Um, but I ended up at a place that I think is perfect. I think that the guys, people there are amazing. Um, and I'm learning from someone that I have so much respect for. Um, just because of the values and everything he he's about and he stands for. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, 
let's get to the, let's move right along to the next section. Like if you can give like a short, a small response to this, doesn't have to be long at all, but like who's the best player that you were ever around at Syracuse and why? Just give me like a, sh- a short response. This way we can move on to the next section afterwards. I don't know if I can pick one, Lee. That's a tough one. Uh, you're putting me on the spot. There were so many good players. When I, I think during my time period, um, there's probably, like during my six years there, I think there was eight NBA draft picks. Um, so, yeah, that's a huge from. Um, most recently was Elijah. Like, he's super talented. Um, really good dude, too. Um, Tyler Lydon was really, really impressive when I was there. Um, Tyler Ennis as a freshman was probably like just a, you know, to, he was such a good player and I didn't appreciate it at the time because it was so new to me. Um, but he's, he was incredible as a freshman and that run, uh, you know, my first year when they went 25 and 0 was remarkable. Um, so I, I don't think I could pick one. Um, and there were, you know, a lot of, some of the guys that didn't get drafted in the NBA were super talented too. Um, so I, I don't think I could pick one. Jeremy Grant, you know, has been a great NBA player since he got in the league. So, yeah, I don't think I could pick one. Um, but, you know, a lot of really good players, really, a lot of really good talent, but a lot of, you know, more than anything, great people, um, you know, A-plus, A-plus people. Yeah, like, I just wanted to give you that question just to see, like, just, just, I want to throw you a curveball, like, <laughs> give you a tough question on that one, but like a little, an, little bit of an off-topic question. But now let's now let's get into the meat of it. So, like, what things have you learned about the game of basketball and the coaching business during the COVID nineteen pandemic? So, your question is specific to like the past, you know, twelve months or so. What I what I've had a chance to learn? Yes, yeah, since. Since the day in Greensboro that the season got canceled to right now. Gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I think that, you know, this summer, um, what there, there was the good, there, I don't want to say a good thing came out of Oh, some good things came out of COVID. COVID itself was, you know, been terrible for so many people. But one of the things that happened because of it um, was there has been a lot of clinics and a lot of just free opportunities for, for coaches to, to learn and to be a part, you know, just to sit in on some things and, um, you know, hear some really great coaches and great people speak just about the, the business and the game. Um, one of the really cool things was I had a chance to listen to Stan Van Gundy um, do, a, do a talk. Uh, my buddy Nico, who was, a, who was a manager with me, asked him a couple of questions that I got a, a good kick out of. Um, so I, I, but listening to him was really cool just to hear from an NBA guy at the time who, you know, wasn't the head coach of the, of the Pelicans. Um, but to hear him talk, you know, before you taking that job, just about like basketball in general was like, it was like, you know, learning from a, a guy, like a doctorate essentially, um, you know, coaching and things of that nature. So that was really cool. Um, early in, in the pandemic, I, you know, a lot of people had a lot of times on their hands. I was one of those people especially being done with the season, um, abruptly done with the season and, um, you know, schoolwork not being too, too stressful at the time because I was only taking one class. I decided to try to learn um, for a 
algorithm called Sports Code that the NBA, a lot of teams in the NBA, a majority of them use, and a lot, you know, majority of the college team at the Division level use as well called Sports Code. So I had a chance to have like a eight or seven week trial, just like getting my hands on and messing around with it. Cool thing was I was able to use that program for my interview with Hobart. Um, so I'm happy I learned that skill because it definitely helped me with some of my assignments um, and getting prepared for that. Um, so that was really beneficial because that's something that like, you know, a lot of people use at the college level and MBA level. So just have a little bit of a hands-on experience and say I've used it before. It was great. Um, yeah, um, there wasn't too many workouts. out. You know, I wasn't really working anybody out, which is always, you know, I think a great way just to have that hands-on learning experience. But a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of just coaching clinics, um, like you said, and a lot of people just post and things like that um, was really, really beneficial for me. Um, and it was hard just because I don't think we had sports until it, I think baseball started. It was the first one to start in like mid-July or so, maybe. And then um, basketball didn't start till uh, I think August or something like that, or even later. Or so or, so it was, yeah, it was a tough period. Those first like four or five months just trying to find opportunities, not find opportunities, but just like you had to find ways to entertain yourself so try to learn and educate yourself yeah so like i've learned a lot throughout the pandemic and like we touched on this earlier in the podcast with like rising coaches and grow the game like i got involved in that in july and like i'm still in it to this day like still learning like even though we're still in season and yeah i'll leave it at that so Let's get to the final section of the podcast, which is Syracuse's game tomorrow against West Virginia. So, like, let's do a quick preview on the game tomorrow and give us some keys to the game for what to expect from Syracuse tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a chance to watch, you know, probably 80 to 90 percent of the games this year. Um, especially because, you know, Cobart wasn't playing. Uh, we haven't played any. So, anytime I was going to see, anytime I got a good chance to watch them this year, and it's been really cool just to see their improvement from the beginning of the year till, you know, yesterday when they had a probably, like you said, early, you know, early in our conversation, just their best game of the year to date. Um, so, going into tomorrow when they play West Virginia, I haven't watched West Virginia a ton. I know, you know, they're known to be a great team that pressures you and makes it tough to score. Uh, I know this year they've been, you know, what I've been told, what I've heard and listened to, they've been a little bit better offensively. Um, I know Culver on their team is really talented. McBride, who I've watched a few times when I've watched their games, is a really talented player as well. Um, so I think the biggest thing, you know, for Syracuse is just the adjustments, um, to see how they adjust against West Virginia. Again, Coach Huggins and, and Coach Beheim have, gone at it a lot of times. Um, so I don't know how much it's been a while since they played each other. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if, you know, it's similar to those old Big East games where, you know, it's kind of, you know, the defensive or more offensive kind of game. But I think they can rebound like they did yesterday, which they did a great job of and um, just get, you know, get um, – you know, get input from a lot of different guys. You know, I, Buddy obviously had a great game yesterday. Um, but I think if, you know, we can get a more balanced scoring, it would definitely help because I know they're going to be locked in trying to make it as challenging as they can for him not to score. Um, but I think, you know, Syracuse has a great chance of, 
hopefully, you know, winning that game and going to Sweet 16. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, you know, I think both teams are playing their – I know Syracuse is probably playing their best basketball right now. West Virginia um, had a great win yesterday against against their opponent. Um, so I, th- I think it's just going to be a great game. I don't know if there's any keys. I'd have to watch more film, so I don't want to commit to one or two things. But Syracuse has played been playing some better defense lately, so I think if they continue that and just get some balanced scoring for everybody, um, they'll be in great shape to hopefully pull out a W. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I know that you know it's been a it's been a crazy year for them, just as far as trying to navigate the pandemic. So to get to this point where they're actually in the tournament and and playing for a national tournament for a national title. And you know, I, just to see the look on, on the faces of people that, you know, I have you know, some pretty good relationships with has been, uh, has been incredible. So I'm, I'm just happy for them to have gone to this point in the year and to see how much farther they can keep going. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for the game tomorrow. And for all the viewers out there who are watching this podcast, please make sure to tune into the Syracuse versus West Virginia men's college basketball game tomorrow at 5.15 Eastern time on CBS. But one end off with this. Like, tomorrow's game, must watch. Must watch. Two great teams. Hopefully Syracuse can get the win. Either way, thank you so much to everyone watching this podcast, tuning into it, and Thank you, Ben, for coming on, taking your time, and I hope everyone has a great day.